Well, 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 welcome to the Purple Stuff Podcast. stuff podcast has risen from the grave man we did so well this month <laughs> we started hot we're ending cold but we're here that's all that matters we are here and we've got a fun show tonight so we solicited questions from listeners on our new twitter account that's at purple stuff pod on twitter nice and uh they sent us a bunch of creepy questions that we're going to answer tonight yep creepy q a creepy q a We've got some really good questions picked out tonight, and I'm excited to get into it. Who's going to start? I'll start. Okay, great. Our first question is from Alice Carpenter. What is the first horror movie that you guys remember watching? I found this one to be difficult, Matt. Mm -hmm. I, it was a challenge for me to, to come up with it. But what was yours? Okay, so... One time my sister was babysitting me and babysitting I would put in quotes because she was mostly just like having a night with her friends by our TV while I was mm. in the background. Yeah. I was probably five or six and I guess she was like 14 or 15. So I'm peering into the room where they're having this kind of like little party in the living room and they're watching the Toxic Avenger. Oh. And it's specifically the scene near the beginning where the punks run over that kid on the bicycle yeah. It's like the most absolutely brutal, shamelessly amoral scene in any movie ever, even by today's standards. <laughs> We're going to get him! We're going to get him! <laughs> so I'm five, and I'd never seen anything like that before. It was just like the worst fucking shit in the world. <laughs> the day after, my parents were home, and I remember complaining to my mother that I didn't want to be a teenager because I thought that's what kids did. They watched these like weird snuff movies. And I, <laughs> well, didn't, yeah, I didn't want to get older because I thought I was going to have to sit in a room and watch The Toxic Avenger. <laughs> well, that's a classic, and for me, that's one of my favorites. I love that movie has a lot of influence on my life. <laughs> yeah, kind of informed your whole aesthetic. Exactly, yeah. How about you? What's yours? So I don't actually know of a, a specific horror film that was the first one, but I do remember Abbott and Costello meet Frankenstein. What's the matter now? You know that person you said that there's no such person? Yes. I think he's in there, in person. I was reading a sign over here, this one down here, yeah. Dracula's Legend. All of a sudden I heard... <laughs> That's the win. My dad wasn't super into horror when I was a kid, and he taped that movie for me because he thought this would be fun for me to watch because it's not necessarily super scary. Right. Yeah, I used to go to the library and read all those Crestwood monster books. Okay. And yeah, my dad used to think, well, this would probably be a good movie for him to watch. So him and I used to watch that all the time. And then uh, they did a couple of showings at theaters by me, and we would go see it. Yeah, and plus, like, that one used to get played on television a lot, too, I think. 
Yeah, but in terms of horror films, I really want to say that the first like true horror film that I ever saw was The First Nightmare on Elm Street, which for a kid, it was pretty disturbing. Yeah, you were like, what? Three? Yeah, I was, I was, I know, I might have been, yeah, like probably like four or five. Yeah. <laughs> which is like really early to watch a movie like that. Please, God. This is God. So the first question that I picked out was from Teen Wolf's dad. Mm, great name. Great name. His avatar actually is Teen Wolf's dad. <laughs> oh, you're right. It is. Yeah. Mr. Howard. Yeah, that's awesome. So he asks, what is the movie or TV moment that still creeps you out when you're going upstairs to bed in the dark? It strikes your memory and you walk faster. And what I like about that question is how descriptive it is. Yeah. I would totally read Teen Wolf's dad's blog. <laughs> yeah. I can't say that my answer to this would creep up on me when I'm walking upstairs to bed, but it more so walking downstairs to the basement. Because any horror movie shot that used to scare me, it would always pop in my mind when I was walking to the basement downstairs. Like, that's what used to creep me out. You know, it wasn't going upstairs because I always felt like going upstairs seemed safer. Yeah. Because, my, you know, like if it was at night... I knew my mom and dad were sleeping and my sister would be in her room. Going upstairs was like a safe haven. Right, but right. But like down in the basement, that was no man's land, you know? <laughs> that's where the monsters were. So that's why you like, you're always so fixated on that Home Alone thing down yes. there. Yeah, yeah. But to answer his question, I do have a few movies that there's shots in those movies that always stuck with me. One of them uh, was The Clown in Poltergeist, which mm -hmm. I know you've never seen. But I've seen The Clown. That's a freaky clown. It is freaking. And then uh, Lady in White, which we've talked about on the show. Where, uh, Mona. 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 Yeah. And The Lost Boys actually used to really scare me when I was a kid. Believe it or not, like a lot of people don't think of that as a really scary movie because it's, I guess it's so tied into the eighties. Yeah. But for, for me, it's one of the scariest vampire movies. One thing about living in Santa Carla, I never could stomach all the damn vampires. How about you, Matt? Well, I don't know if I could name like a movie moment that still haunts me, but if I was going to pick a TV moment, it would be, and I know you don't know this by name, but it's the Tallman house segment of unsolved mysteries. Hmm. So that was the segment about this family who lives in a supposedly haunted suburban house and they're just constantly tormented by these ghosts. I think I remember this one. There's a shot of this little boy in his bedroom late at night. Oh, just, yes. Yeah, yes, and he like looks yes, to the side yes. and he sees the ghost and they don't show you the ghost, but they describe her. Yes. And she's like an old lady who glows like fire. Mm-hmm. Oh, my it God. It is really creepy. Yeah. So, like, even now, if I'm just home alone at night and I see that segment, like, I won't sleep in the dark. That's, <laughs> it still gets me. <laughs> You're so tuned into Unsolved Mysteries. Like, everything in your life applies to Unsolved Mysteries. I love Robert Stack. <laughs> I wish he was still around because he would be great to just, like, host your life <laughs> yeah I mean, it's not even that it's just like you know sit on the couch with me and watch the news and maybe <laughs> offer some insight about what's going on in the world yeah i mean he probably have a lot to say about the korea situation you yeah, know totally 
And even if he was just complete gibberish, he'd still sound so smart because of that voice. He's so eloquent. Yeah. Scary. <laughs> even even everyday tasks become yeah. super super scary. Make sure you close the cabinet door. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't know he's a New Yorker. <laughs> That's exactly how he talks. <laughs> <laughs> that actually sounded more like Robbie the Robot. <laughs> So the pathologist wants to know what's our favorite toy lines that represent Halloween. Got a shout out to the pathologist. That's a great question. Yeah. And he's a good guy. He's a good guy. I guess I'll answer first. Yeah. It's your question. Go for it. All right. <laughs> so if I'm going to go with the most on the nose pick, it's got to be the McDonald's Halloween McNugget Buddies. Of course, yeah, that was obvious that you were going to say that. <laughs> well, I mean, look, it was a easy pitch. I'm going to fucking take my big swing. Yeah, he just lobbed it up there for yeah. you. <laughs> so I, I know we've talked about these before, but for those who don't know, McDonald's used to put out these little Happy Meal sets where you got these naked Chicken McNugget figures and then these cute little Halloween costumes to dress them up in. You know, it's it's so creepy to hear you call a McNugget naked. <laughs> well, I mean, I don't know how else to say it. Although, yeah, I mean, it is pretty accurate. So, yeah, those toys were honestly so cool. We would have bought them at Toys R Us, like to get them free with a cheeseburger. A plus plus. Oh man, plus, plus. I know they had like a vampire. Yeah, there was like a vampire, Frankenstein, mummy. I mean, there were a few different sets over the years, and right. like honestly, like the costumes were just gravy because. Just getting those little anthropomorphic big nuggets, the ones you'd see in the commercials. I was going to say the commercials were the just the best. Yeah, it's like if you had to pick one McDonaldland character to have as a pet, which would it be? It would be the fucking McNuggets. Uh, actually, I have to say, probably for me, it would be the Fry Guys. because those you are going to say that. The only freaking things in McDonaldland that could keep up with you and you're bouncing around. <laughs> But I mean, you know, as a pet, like, wouldn't it be great if you had little fry guys running around? <laughs> uh, I mean, maybe for like a day or two. Yeah, they'd probably get a little, you know, little rascals. Yeah, around, like, but... would you want them popping around every time you're making dinner? Meanwhile, those little McNuggets, they just sleep in a little tiny version of your bed <laughs> next to your bed. Yeah, and they are t super tiny. So, like, their chicken poop would be super, like, minuscule. You they wouldn't have to, they like... They don't do those things. They're the perfect pet. They don't poop chicken? They don't in general. <laughs> What's coming up at McDonald's this Halloween? Coolish, ghoulish McNugget Buddies. With costumes you can rearrange, plus masks to give your face a change. You get one in each Happy Meal you buy. Now that's handy. So what's yours? I couldn't narrow it down, just like all the rest of them. I have like 18 answers. Yep. One of them is also from a, a fast food tie-in. The Simpsons Halloween figures. Oh, yes. The Burger King the Burger ones. King, yeah. Specifically, one that I've had since I was a kid was the Bart Simpson in his like little skeleton outfit. Yeah. Just for some reason, that does something to me. It makes me feel Halloween-y. You know, it's just something. It's, it's like he's dressed up as a misfit. You yeah. Know? This is getting a little uncomfortable. 
<laughs> Let me look up this figure and see if I can understand your visceral reaction to it. Yeah. This Halloween, the Simpsons are at Burger King. Now, in every big kid's meal, you can get a Simpsons spooky light-up. They gleam, there is scream, and you can collect all 15 at Burger King. Where else? Oh, yeah, now I remember this. This was a classic. But uh, then the uh, real Ghostbusters Universal Horror set. Oh, yeah, that's good. Those were really tied into Halloween, and they have a great look about them. Very, like, almost Scooby-Doo-esque. Very much so, yeah. And then you got McFarlane's Movie Maniacs, which, when they first came out, were like a revolution. Because here you are having these, like, deluxe-looking figures where they had Michael Myers, they had uh, Ghostface, Freddy Krueger, Jason Voorhees. And I'm like, man, this is like a dream come true. Oh, it was hot, hot shit. Oh my God. There was yeah. nothing like it. It was like there are these toy companies were only just starting to cater to the adult market a little bit so mm. this was like the first at bat for a major sprawling horror line in so long yeah and they had licenses to to all these characters which was so cool uh but the last one i'll mention is it's it's interesting because i i wouldn't necessarily say these are tied into halloween at all but the reaction figures are pretty awesome in their own right because they've given us characters from so many different horror films and they even were reminiscent, like they did the Universal horror films, and they're very reminiscent of the old like Remco oh, ones. Oh yeah, and they totally you, are. You've got Freddy, Jason. You've got the eight bit versions of them. All the Universal horrors. You got Rocky Horror. There's so many cool figures that they did. So I want to give them props because they kind of get like a bad rap online. Well, it's the same thing with the Funkos. It's just it, after a while, it's like you see them so often. Yeah. And there's so many of them. It's just like ah. The only thing that needs to be said, though, talk about creating a killer crossover. Like if you're going to play with your figures or set them up to take pictures on Instagram, you're now able to do a crossover with like basically any genre of movies. <laughs> oh, oh, dude, I totally did it with the reaction Freddy Krueger and the reaction Golden Girls. Yes, yes. Is this about Arnie? No, Blanche. She's upset because they keep changing the taste of Coke. <laughs> Next up is a question from Kay James at Motown, New Jersey. Goosey Night, Mischief Night, Cabbage Night, or Devil's Night? Now, across the country, everyone seems to refer to the night before Halloween as something different in every state, basically. Yeah, it's like a soda versus pop scenario. It is definitely a regional thing, and there's a lot of weird names for it. And I think you and I have talked about this on the show before. Yeah, we shared our name. Yeah, ours is uh, Mischief Night. Absolutely, 100%. Yeah, and there's people in northern New Jersey who call it Goosey Night, and I think that's just the Goosey weirdest. Goosey Night. Yeah, I've Man, never. way to take the punch out of the, yeah. the coolest night of the year. Suck the wind right out of it. Oh, yeah. my God, those poor people in north Jersey. Terrible. Yeah, because there was a girl at work one time, and she said that to me. I started laughing. I'm like, what in the hell is that? What are you talking about? I had never even heard of it. Yeah. I mean, that's how Mischief Night is ingrained in our heads. But Devil's Night sounds pretty cool to me. I will say that I remember Devil's Night being brought up around here when I was young. But yeah. it was always thought of as some separate event, like for mm -hmm. like true Satanists who lived in the woods. Like, we didn't think it was something we could participate in. There's a t-shirt company, uh, Deep Cuts. 
and they came out with a Mischief Night t-shirt and it's got the, the state of New Jersey on it. And I told the people who made the shirt, I said, listen, it's cool that you did this because Jersey, everybody calls it Mischief Night. I, none of this Goosey Night bullshit. Yeah, no, I'm with you. Because <laughs> it literally is like one town in the whole state that calls it that. Yeah, and they're like perpetuating this lie that it was a much bigger deal. Yeah, but Cabbage Night, what the hell's Cabbage Night? Cabbage Night, well, I mean, I guess maybe uh, if they're throwing some old cabbage around, I could see that, but I wouldn't name a night after that. Throwing produce around, I don't know. But Cabbage Night kind of sounds gross. (laughs) Yeah. Other thing is, too, like, aside from the, uh, just the fact that the names are different regionally, I've been surprised in the past, because I've brought up, like, our old Mischief Night traditions, and some people seem pretty offended. Oh, like with the toilet paper and stuff? Well, just like the eggs and the shaving cream. I'm like, wow, I had no idea that this wasn't something that all kids did back then because it was so natural around here. You know, I just don't know. Like, I think we might have even said it on the show. I don't know. But I don't think Mischief Night is now what it was back then. No, not then. now. But I, I just figured that everyone our age probably grew up with the same ridiculous tradition. And then I found oh, yeah. out, like, no, they actually are appalled at the idea that you go around just spraying strangers' cars with shaving cream. Yeah, there'd be, like, if there was a bush, if we would, like, write names on it with shaving cream and right. toilet paper trees. And I think it did get a little... Out of hand, though, when people were like egging houses and stuff, because sometimes that was like, you know, not cool. If then you find out like the next day it was like somebody you knew, you know? <laughs> yeah, no, I'm with you. I'm not saying it was ever cool. It was just what kids did back then. It was just yeah. so accepted. We didn't yeah. have to hide it. We would openly walk with this stuff. Yeah, and, and there was definitely times when things got, I remember things would get like out of hand. There'd be people breaking windows and things like oh, that. Yeah. That that wasn't cool, you know? <laughs> it's all fun and games. Yeah. Until you're playing mailbox baseball. Oh, man, I never got to play that. <laughs> if you ever did play, that would be the closest you played to baseball. <laughs> yeah, right? I, was gonna say, I, guess, I guess I've never actually played baseball either. <laughs> Our next question is from Ben Sapatka. If we could own one prop from any horror movie, what would it be? Oh, God. You know, I don't want to take away from anyone else's question, but so far, this is like my favorite question. Yeah, this is a you question. <laughs> because I like things. Are you Ben Sapatka? Did you actually submit this? <laughs> yeah, I just put glasses on and a hat. And... Yeah, I spent the last five years building your social cred so it wouldn't look fishy, <laughs> but I'm on to you. <laughs> What's your uh, prop? Or what are your 27 props, I should say? This is there's a laundry list here. Do you really want me to get into it? Yes, but I want you to kind of sing song it. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> well, okay. So I'm gonna start out easy and get more complicated. Okay. All right. The amulet from Monster Squad. Okay. Uh, Sammy Kerr's guitar. Oh yes. Axe from The Shining. That Jack Nicholson uses. Yeah. Uh, I want a terror dog from Ghostbusters. Like, it, but I mean, a screen-used terror, like an actual terror dog, red-eyed and ready to go. In the movie Elvira, Mistress of the Dark. Yeah. There's that painting of her relative. It's like her aunt or whatever. All of our, yep, I remember. Yeah, I, yeah, I want that painting. <laughs> uh, and uh, I want the fire opal from Wishmaster. <laughs> Uh, which is what conjures him back up, right? Uh, <laughs> and the clamshell 
uh, yes, the, the, the clamshell from It Follows. Yeah, that the, clamshell electronic device, whatever yeah. it was. I want that because I mean, I want a working one. So I want it to like, I want to ask it questions and stuff. I still know? don't know what the hell it was like meant for. It seemed like an encyclopedia slash Tamagotchi slash like fortune cookie. Yes, that's exactly what it was <laughs> in a nutshell. Yeah. In a clamshell. In a clamshell. Yeah. Yes. And, and last but not least, the canoe that Judy Aronson meets her demise in, in Friday the 13th, part four. That's a, a curiously specific request. Yeah, I mean, because she's nude in the canoe. She is nude in the canoe. Yeah, it's the canoe. The canoe. <laughs> So that I, I think I could hang that in my living room. Now I'm uh, now I'm like picturing you. <laughs> oh God, just like picturing you on Santa's lap with this list. <laughs> oh fudge! All right, you've named a bunch, but out of all those things, what's the number one? Well, realistically, Sammy Kerr's guitar from Trick or Treat. Could you imagine if anyone else got their hands on that and you had to watch them put pictures on Instagram? I would kill myself. Yeah. <laughs> You're not even like exaggerating. Yeah, I'm not. That would be the greatest thing in the world to yeah. own. I wonder if it still exists somewhere. I mean, it's gotta. Who throws away a perfectly good guitar? All right. How about you, Matt? But you know, it's like, it's so weird because I just, I don't know. It was just like my brain was frozen. I couldn't come up with anything good. Really? Yeah. The only thing I could think of was. Not Gizmo, but the box you came in. Gonna go, no, it's not gonna Gizmo. Not Gizmo. I'm not talking no, no. about Gizmo. I, I knew you were going to say something from Gremlins. Though. Well, yeah, no. I know Gremlins is only half horror, but just work with me. Yeah. So, no, not Gizmo, though. The box he came in. Oh, God. Yes. Oh, that big, wooden, antique, ornate box. Oh. So, you would want Gizmo's box? Yes. I mean, I, I don't know if I put it quite that way, but yes. <laughs> Like, I just remember watching Gremlins and being hit with that one-two punch of jealousy. First, because Billy got Gizmo, and second, because he got that box. I, I really think that the money thing that you would really want is the toothbrushing oh, uh, gadget. The bathroom buddy. Yeah, the bathroom buddy. Well, Can I you mean, imagine owning that piece of shit? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I will say that that's on the list somewhere. I just don't know if it's number one. I think an yeah. ornate box is definitely... <laughs> the best thing in the world to own who doesn't love an ornate box <laughs> <laughs> uh, that's where uh, you store your important documents and your cherished mementos and no i i totally agree i think that's a great anything from gremlins one or two i'm good with yeah me too <laughs> i monopolized that one i really did <laughs> No, it was. I didn't have much to say. I wanted a box from Gremlins. That's it. <laughs> you have, you have simple needs, simple T requirements. T L D R. <laughs> box Gremlins. And probably the most important thing: don't ever feed him after midnight. Our next question comes from the Haunted Robot, and he asks, "What was it that made you love Halloween like you do now?" Hmm. I think it's appropriate to tap into this this year specifically only because there's a lot of people that I spoke to and they said that they just couldn't get into Halloween this year. And I always hear that. It seems like every year somebody tells me 
They're having a hell of a time getting into Halloween. And some people actually thank me and they thank you for kind of helping them get into it. Yeah. So I think it's important to look back. That's why I think this is a good question. It's important to look back on Halloween from when you were a kid, because that's exactly what got me into Halloween is when I was a kid, there was a combo of so many things like school, believe it or not. Those cardboard I, decorations. Oh my God. Yeah. The decorations, uh, the parades, uh, we'd sing spooky songs. The librarian would read scary stories. It was like a total blast. You yeah. Know? Anytime they wanted to fill an hour here and there, they just have you draw vampires and stuff like that. Exactly. It was the best. That was the next thing I had on the list. Halloween related crafts. We'd we'd like draw a witch or, you know, we'd make something spooky and bring it home and then it'd be hanging on the door for like two months. Yep. That was the shit, man. On the weekends, I I was like seven, eight years old. I'd be staying up until one AM watching stuff like Tales from the Dark Side and Shh on New York's movie station. How about you, Matt? Well, the thing I like about that answer is that it's actually sort of reminded me of why we spend this season kind of acting like children like mm-hmm. it's the one time a year where you can do that so we end up doing the same things we used to do when we were 10 yeah like i'll break out the crayons i'll read like uh real ghostbusters magazine or whatever mm-hmm. so good observation and you know now that you say that i still dress up a lot of people kind of give it up after a while but for me dressing up like it harkens back to when i was a kid just getting dressed up for like a Halloween parade or something, you know? Yeah. I mean, I guess for me, it's like, it's hard enough to just get dressed into normal clothes. <laughs> you so, dress up, you dress up all the time. Just to put on clothes in general and, you know, get out of bed. <laughs> that's uh, an accomplishment enough in itself. I don't need to dress like Frankenstein. <laughs> you don't need to, but you do anyway. <laughs> <laughs> all year round. <laughs> So I guess for me, it wasn't until I started doing these sort of like marathon blogging events. Because mm-hmm. like when you have to think of ways to celebrate Halloween every single day, you realize it's everywhere. It is. Like you go to a department store, you go to a freaking grocery store, you sit in your house and you flip through cable channels, you like thumb through your junk mail. It's all around you. There's no shortage of it. You just have to know where to look. Yeah, it's just, you know, you don't need to do these gigantic mega things because even just going about your daily routine, you're bound to run into some Halloween. And I think that's why people appreciate your Halloween countdown so much, because what it does is basically like filter all the good, cool little things that maybe some people don't have the time or the motivation to go seek out on their own. You've given it to them. And I think it's an important aspect of the season. Well, thank you, Jay. The whole blogging and internet thing has really uh, magnified the Halloween season for a lot of people. Yeah, and I, but I think even more so now is just the, the social media aspect of it. Because with Instagram and with Twitter and everything, it's like everybody kind of has a microblog of their own now. So yeah. it's like, why not make the most of it? If I could yeah, make my true. Instagram account hot by going to take a picture of the vampire display at Stop and Shop, I'm going to go oh. there. Yeah, of course. Like, I love when seeing all these things where people, like, all the stores are setting up, like, cases of soda and it looks like a pumpkin. Yeah. I mean, it's it's amazing. But the fact that, you know, you can go online and you could look up old advertisements or something. Like, that's right there. It's perfect. Get you right in the mood. Yeah, there's a million ways. Yeah. So that was a good question. Thanks, The Haunted Robot. Oh, what a cool name. The Haunted Robot can meet our robot. Yeah, our <laughs> robot's haunted, too. 
Maybe they could go out on a on a date. <laughs> on a Halloween date. <laughs> we will go to the movies and split the bill 50-50. Jim Clark wants to know which Halloween special from our childhood should make a comeback. Mm, <laughs> well, I mean, it's like, do we even have to answer? You know where I'm going on that. Jim Clark. I know where you're going. Yep. I'm going from Jim Clark to Jim Davis. <laughs> it's a night of spooky surprises. Oh, Halloween. For America's favorite bat cat. Don't bat your eyes. Garfield's Halloween adventure will have you shaking in your boots Monday. Didn't somebody say that they're going to play the Garfield Halloween special again, or was I dreaming that? I think you were dreaming that. I'm pretty sure if that news was actual, I would have heard about it, given how often I Google Garfield news, <laughs> keeping up to date with what's going on in Garfield world. <laughs> I mean, it, it is a great special. I was harsh on it on the show. It was more for the shtick than Yeah, anything. I knew you didn't really feel yeah. that way. Nobody I... doesn't like Garfield's <laughs> Halloween adventure. <laughs> it, that brings me right back, though, to when I was a kid. With retro stuff being so in, why has no network done sort of a retro Halloween block? No, it doesn't even make sense. They run Charlie Brown, that's great. But they could throw in Garfield, maybe throw in, like, Witch's Night Out or something. Mm -hmm. People would flip out. And, uh, like, yeah, sure, 90% of them wouldn't actually watch it, but they'll flip <laughs> out. I think that would be a great idea. Yeah, it's a freebie. Just tossing it out there, you know. Yeah, do a it. A little do kernel it. for uh, NBC or ABC to pick up and grow into a beanstalk. <laughs> Retro is always in. We are already at the cusp of not being able to run Garfield because it's too old. So if it's going to happen, it's got to happen soon. It'll be in public domain in like, what, 10 years? <laughs> yeah, just about. That's how old we are. <laughs> you know. So how about you? Well, I think for me, I'm concentrating more on the type of special. Yeah. I used to like stuff where it would be like a variety type of show. Now, most of that was before I was even alive. Right, where they big would, 70s thing. Let me throw this out there. Let's just take like Rob Zombie, okay? Mm -hmm. You give him a Halloween special and he could do whatever he wants with it. Now, not whatever he wants, because then you know it's going to be maybe a little bit too weird, right? Right, right. So, so yeah, he, he does it like the old Paul Lynn Halloween special. He has a band. He has um, maybe a comedian does a really quick set and there's a couple of sketches. Like, I think that'd be fantastic. Everything's spooky Halloween related stuff, you know? I could see it. Then the other format that I would like to see is there was a movie called The Midnight Hour, which was like 1985. And a lot of networks were doing TV movies where they would pluck out actors from different series that showed on the network. Yeah. So they would get some hot 20 something stars of the day and they would put them in a movie like The Midnight Hour, which was kind of like about a witch and an undead cheerleader. And it was a spooky kind of goofy movie where there's like dancing and whatnot it yeah. was cheesy but it was good i would like to see stuff like that happen where they don't really think too much about it they just say hey let's put this together and make a quick buck for halloween through advertising i think that's a great idea at least there's something that's getting put out that celebrates the holiday tonight an abc premiere presentation Eternity is about to play a nasty little trick. Who's there? On the carefree kids of Pitchboard Cove. You know what you're going to wear to the party yet tonight? Demons. Arise. Yeah! Come heed my bidding on this night of nights. Halloween, my favorite time of year. Ah! 
I'm not afraid of death. I'm going for it. The party could go on forever in the midnight hour. Okay, this last question comes from Helter Skelter 65. <laughs> and he is asking about favorite stories, like the creepy pastas. Like, what's our favorite creepy pastas? Favorite, and like, spooky short stories, right? And creepy pastas? Creepy pasta is like a story that goes around the internet and it kind of goes viral. Yeah. For me, the most famous creepypasta is Slenderman. Yeah. And I'm a huge fan of Slenderman, the character. I think it's fantastic. I'm not not fantastic because I know that there was the whole situation where the girl killed a girl because they yeah, said Slenderman. Yeah, it kind of took the uh, – people don't really mention Slenderman too much now because of that. Yeah, it's like taboo to say. But yeah. like before that whole thing happened – there was this whole ambiance around it, and I actually dressed up as Slender Man in one of my Halloween specials. <laughs> That's right, you did. <laughs> so, how about you? Did you have any uh, creepy pastas? Oh, boy, you know, I never really got into the creepy pasta thing. I don't know why. Yeah, it's weird because it's so my style. I just never bothered with it. Well, I think if you had one at all, it would actually be pasta that you made into like a monster. <laughs> yes, it's <laughs> true. Like I couldn't even think of like books that i read i don't read that's why i grew up to be a writer yeah exactly yeah if we're getting away from the creepy pastas and the online stuff and just thinking about like uh, actual book in hand stuff there was this old choose your old adventure book gorgo the space monster oh wait i have to look this up you didn't have that one it was awesome how do you spell it g-o-r-g-a the space monster oh gorga 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 I bet you I had a great cover. Let me oh see. my! So this the covers of those things. Oh. This one has a fantastic cover because the whole concept of the book is that you're a kid who adopts this ever-growing space alien who looks like a cross <laughs> between Grimace and Jabba the Hutt, and the uh, creature from uh, uh, A Neverending Story. Yes, it's like a big fat purple <laughs> version of the <laughs> dragon from Neverending Story. Yeah, and like you know, those choose your own adventure books, they could get a little creepy. Yeah, definitely. In this one, there's at least one ending where Gorgo eats you on the last page, and that's you no die. No way. Man. Yeah. Well, are you serious? Yeah. Like your whole he gets so big that your entire family just drives into his mouth, and you don't realize it's his mouth until it's too late. <laughs> Almost like an Empire Strikes Back when yes. they fly into the uh, clearly into the inspired mouth. by the the space worm from Empire Strikes Back. But Gorgo looks so friendly. He does, but you know he's a big, fat, giant purple alien who's got to eat and he's indiscriminate about it he's got a voracious appetite yeah like he's eating buildings i believe on one of the covers so <laughs> damn so gorg of the space monster is kind of misleading because the cover does look like he's just a fun happening kind of dude from another planet and he's not he's a he's a killing machine well it depends on if you get a good ending or a bad ending i, I don't remember exactly how it played out but i'm sure there were endings where you just sort of sat on your couch with a little gorga watching television <laughs> but if shit got out of control and you made the wrong choices in those books trouble i think what we need to do let's see if there's gorga the space monster fanfic online <laughs> Because then he's officially creepy pasta. <laughs> yeah, you should look. There's this really good one by uh, DD Matt. <laughs> Gee, I wonder who that is. Oh man, <laughs> just don't read it at work. Although I will tell you, when you're talking about choose your own adventure, man, 
There's a book called Vampire Express. Oh, classic. Oh, my God. The cover to that book yeah. is amazing. It's like, picture a super 80s version of a Goosebumps cover. Mixed with, like, an Atari game cover. Yes, that's an even better oh, description. Oh, uh, so, so good. So good. Choose your own adventure. We should do an episode where it's a choose your own adventure. You'll have to explain to me off air how that's going to work. But I, I'm game. I'm game. All in. <laughs> Well, this was our creepy Q&A, Matt. That was our creepy Q&A. We want to thank everyone for sending so many great questions. We're sorry that we could only get to a few of them, but Jay's really busy these days. <laughs> yeah, there's been a lot of good questions. Yeah, there was probably, I think, 100 or, or so. Yeah, geez, we great. could have done 10 of these shows. Yeah, excellent questions. Thanks for supporting the show and sending in questions. We had a good time answering them. Hopefully, uh, we provided some good insight. Yeah, I mean, there may have been a few nuggets of wisdom in there. Yeah, I think it's been a fantastic Halloween season. We hope you think the same. I got to throw in a plug for the Sexy Armpit Halloween special, which you can catch on my YouTube page. Oh, that's right. We uh, haven't mentioned that on the show yet. You're... 2017 <laughs> sexy armpit halloween special now up on youtube you coincidentally um might show up in it yeah i heard that i might turn up in there <laughs> and check out all of your exploits as well at dinosaur dracula yeah i'm not up to much these days but check it out anyway oh yeah right <laughs> <laughs> well thanks for tuning in to the purple stuff podcast i'm jay from the sexy armpit and i'm matt from dinosaur dracula We'll see you next time. Happy Halloween. <laughs>